Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val Febo. In Rafael Nadal's home nation, it was a German and an Austrian that took center stage in the Madrid final. And as is tradition, the man that conquers Nadal on clay doesn't go on to take the title as Alexander Zverev denied Dominic Team to lift his third Masters 1000 trophy. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo. Plenty to get through tonight, including what I just read there. Alexander Zverev, his third Masters 1000 within a year. Josh Campbell's going to join me. He's back. He's had tonsillitis. Can't wait to chat to him. Joel Frucci not here tonight. His brother's birthday. So happy birthday to Julian Frucci. Uh, and we've got also Dominic Team. What a performance from him, knocking off Rafael Nadal, the first man to do it in 357 days and, well, 50 sets later. So brilliant performance from him. Petra Kvitova also in good form, as is our favourite Australian, John Millman. All that, plenty more on Breakpoint Podcast. And joining me to discuss all of it is this man, Josh Campbell. He's back. His tonsils, uh, are they okay? They're fine, yes. I'm hoping everyone at home is listening to my radiant voice right now. It, It sounds great, doesn't it? Oh, it sounds... Well, I haven't heard you over the last couple of weeks, well, I get so told I'm, got, I'm assuming it sounds a lot better. I, I always get told I've got a face for radio, and it's nice to have a voice to match it. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm sure it sounds a lot better than what it would have over the last couple of weeks. It so. definitely does. Nah, it's good to have you back, mate. And look, looking at last week, Alexander Zverev, wow, he's, mm. he's playing some... He's won in Munich, he's won in Madrid, Rome, he's the defending champion. Nadal has shown that... He bleeds, so you can kill it. And Dominic Team proved that in uh, with his straight sets win over him in the quarterfinals in Madrid. But Zverev now, uh, he's probably the bona fide number three in the world at the moment. And I've I've got him on as in terms of an all surface player. Uh, yes and no. Yes, yes, in the fact that in terms of pure skill, I would say yes, third best player in the world. But he hasn't proven it on the big stage yet. And, and that's, that's that's the big thing with Zverev. That's the next stat that I want and, to bring out. Yeah. In Grand Slams, this is where, and I think Zverev might change the course of uh, of the, the narrative in at the French Open. He's won three Masters 1000 titles at 20, yeah. 20 years old, but he's never beaten a player inside the top 50 at a Grand Slam. Yeah. And for the world number three, that's a it's not great. It's pretty glaring. <laughs> it, well, it, it says is. a lot about when the pre- that, that um, level of pressure, when it isn't applied to the next level, mm. that he isn't able to rise to that challenge necessarily. When he's on the big stage, when he's on a Grand Slam, he hasn't yet risen to the occasion. No. And that's what he needs to do now. And that's a horrifying statistic for a world number three. I know he's only 20. It, that, but... is, that is the thing. He, like, he's got years and years, and he will win a Grand Slam. I have no doubt in my mind he's yeah. going to win a Grand Slam. It's just whether he can do it right now. Yeah, and I don't know about right now. I just want to see him make a quarterfinal. At That's least. all I want to see from him. Just to say at the French Open, I don't think he's going to win the French, but I just want to see him get to a final eight and just say, "Look, here are my uh, all my doubters. You can you can be quiet now." Mm. He, I want him to I want him to silence a few people, including us, because I've been I've been quite critical of him in Grand Slams. I think he's pretty much he's he's dropped his bundle. And that's yeah. that's what you can say in Davis Cups and Grand Slams. He's dropped it and shouldn't have beaten Demonor in the Davis Cup against Australia in yeah. the in the first round tie. Did beat Nick um, though. Did beat Nick. Um but look, at the French at the Australian Open, he won five points in the fifth set against Yen Chung. Yeah. He won five points. That was really disappointing. That's abysmal. Yeah. For the world number three, that, that Chung was playing fantastically. I don't think you can take that away from him during the other straight because that was how good was that Australian Open matchup between those two? Oh, it was a phenomenal match. But the thing is, for the world number three to win five points, it's like 
he it, it just was, quit. It was a mental drop off. It was it was because like momentum swung so much that game, and then it came into that fifth set. And yes, Chung had the momentum, but Zverev did nothing to counter it whatsoever. He gave no. up. And that's the thing. That's where I think he needs to make that mental leap. Yeah. And get to that next level. And that's 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 the pro- that's the the next big quest for Zverev. For Zverev, sorry if I can speak today, uh, to find that mental strength and the mental capacity to really match it with the top guys because he can do that in a best of three set match mm. but he can't do it in a best of five set match as of yet as of yet yes and we think he will and, and we, we kind of know point, that he this will. is why this discussion is so good because you within the next two months we're going to see him in the french and wimbledon and so we're going to he's going to be put to the test in the next couple of months and these questions are going to be answered Yep, well, the final was 6-4-6-4 in favour of Zverev. Denied a 1-4 head-to-head record against Dominic Timor. Defied, sorry. And look, takes his third Masters 1000 title, eighth overall for a 20-year-old. That's a remarkable statistic. But team, I want to talk about him because he ended Nadal's 357-day, 50-set winning streak on clay. And he's the only man to beat Nadal on the surface in the last year. Yes, he lost to Zverev. I still rank team as the second best yeah. player in the world on clay because I would agree with that. he's been able to beat the unbeatable. Yes. And the only man, and as we've said, the only man since the, the end of the 2016 French to beat Nadal on clay. It, that is that is an amazing, amazing statistic. And Dominic Team should be very hmm. proud of his efforts. But more importantly, in that final against Verev, it didn't feel like a straight sets victory. It didn't. If they, it felt like two competitors pushing each other. It was, I thought it was a fantastic match. But um, to me, it just felt like Zverev did a lot of what Federer usually does, where he wins key, he won key points. And that's that's what I was going to say next. Zverev went unbroken throughout the whole week, held 51 consecutive service games, became the first player to win a clay court title unbroken since stats began keeping that or keeping that statistic in 1991, and he joins the Big Four as the only active players to win three Masters 1000 titles, and also I think Federer uh, is the only other man to win a Masters title unbroken. Uh, in 2012 and 2015, uh, Cincinnati. So, look, Zverev is in elite company with what he managed to do last yeah. week. And, look, team, yes, it was unbelievable to beat Nadal. And the the way that he played in that match, that's what I want to see from team every single time because he clubbed the ball. Yeah. And not only did he club it, he clubbed it that hard that Rafa couldn't get to half of them, which I thought was the, was the staggering thing because Nadal on clay, it's like he becomes Superman or Speedy Gonzalez. His coverage is unbelievable. Yeah. On clay, on clay, on clay. That's what I'm saying. On clay, it's up. I was watching. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was against. He was rallying um, about five or six years ago, and it was a clay clay match. Um, I think at Madrid, and he was getting to balls. It just it doesn't seem possible that no. he was able to get to. I wish I could think of his name. It was on the um ATP page yeah. earlier today. No, oh, I haven't seen it, but okay. Um, Nadal I think is. He, he pushed Andy Murray to five at the French last year. Matt's no. Uh, oh, we, we will. It might have been two years ago, or as, as other two years ago last year, and he's might have. Been, oh, Stepanek. Stepanek. Yes, right? Stepanek. no, that yes. was on. You know, yes, you know the rally I'm talking about. No, yeah, about? I yeah. did see that. That was yesterday. I think they showed it. Tennis yes. TV yeah. put it up. Yeah. No, and look, if if you go on go on Tennis TV's Instagram page and watch it because it it was a remarkable yeah. rally, and it's kind of the point of what we're trying to prove about yeah. how incredible Nadal's court coverage can be. Exactly, and look, Nadal, I still think he's the favourite to win Rome, he's the favourite to win the French French Open. You've got it, and if you're team, you're going to take confidence, and the rest of the field will take confidence from that result Mm. in the quarters. But you're going to have to do it best of five sets, and when Nadal loses, he doesn't want to lose again. So he's going to come out 
really seething and and desperate to try and get the number one ranking back because he lost it this week to Federer, um, who hasn't played since March 24, by the way. So you know, Zverev didn't have a break point. Um, so teams didn't have a break point opportunity against Zverev no, in that match, and that's where Zverev served on clay, especially. He was he was dynamite and mm. he deserves he only, that. He only, is, he only got to do twice yeah, in the entire was, match. Well, it was one of the most complete performances from a player for, throughout a whole week yeah. for the whole season, if not the most complete. Mm. And Zverev deserves all the applause that he gets for his week and and deserves to be one of the favourites now for the French Open. But yeah. just a couple of statistics as I read in the opener. The player that beats Nadal on clay. Now, generally, you've beaten the best player ever to play on the red dirt. You'd take you'd that think, confidence with you, wouldn't you? you think you'd take yeah. it on and win the title. The last five times Nadal hasn't, or the last time he's entered a clay court tournament and lost slash pulled out with a walkover, the player that's come through the matchup hasn't won the title. So I'm going to go through, and it's eight of the last 11 as well. So 2018 Madrid, team, lost in the final. 2017 Rome, team beat Nadal again. Lost in the semifinals. Didn't he get destroyed by Djokovic in yes, that match as well? Yes, he did. And then Zverev destroyed Djokovic after that. So, 2016 French Open, Nadal pulled out in the third round against Marcel Granoliers. Granoliers lost the next match. 2016 Rome, Djokovic beat Nadal. Lost in the final. 2016 Madrid, Murray beat Nadal. Lost in the final. And then we go back to 2016 in Rio de Janeiro. Pablo Cuevas, the last man to beat Nadal on clay and go on to win the title. Dominic Team did at the tournament before that in Buenos Aires. But before that, 2015 French Open, Nadal beat Djokovic. Uh, sorry, Djokovic lost, uh, beat Nadal, lost in the final to Stan. 2015 Rome, Favrinka beat Nadal in the quarters, lost in the semis. 2015 Madrid, Murray beat Nadal in the final. So, of course, he won the title. 2015 Barcelona, Fabio Fanini beat Nadal, lost in the quarters. And then we go back, of course, to the 2009 French Open. Robin Soderling defeated Nadal there, his first ever loss at the French Open, and lost in the final to Roger Federer. Mm. So, it's like it's a curse. Well, that's what I was about to say. I was actually going to use the word curse, funnily enough. It seems like a curse, but when you look at it closely, I don't think it is. I think it'll happen, and it's not just Nadal on clay. It happens to a lot of players. I remember it happened to um, Isterman when he beats Djokovic, Djokovic last year. Yeah. And I, I could uh, go back through the history and find plenty of other cases of this as well. When you knock off that number one player, it feels like you've won a Grand Slam. And so you go into the next game, and you, I don't think you feel that same pressure That almost anymore. is their final. Yeah, that is their final for them. So they come up basically going, I beat the best player. I could beat anyone. But at the same time, they kind of take in that edge off their game, and then they always seem to get outplayed the next game. Yeah, well, it's an unbelievable It shows, it's an unbelievable it shows how mental tennis is as well. Yeah, oh, tennis is one of the toughest sports mentally because it's just you. Mm. It's like it's, you're going in a mental mental battle as well as physical with your opponent. Mm. And that's every why point, tennis is, every game, every set, and every match, there is a mental aspect to all of them. And that's why tennis is so beautiful yeah. because we, that's why we love it because, you know, in, especially a best of five set match. When players are just physically and mentally, they're exhausted. Yeah. And it's such a taxing game, but they still have the will and the tenacity to keep going and keep pushing, trying to work their opponent out. And when they do, the ultimate relief and satisfaction, yeah. I guess, of, of getting through and the jubilation. It's, it's, it's also it's, what separates the best, like the great from the best. Exactly. It's remarkable. And uh, that's why Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal are where they are. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of stats I've got for you in the rankings that are very, very, very interesting to see, uh, to see what Djokovic has been able to do. Mm. And Roger and Rafa have just been thereabouts the whole time. Yeah. So there were a few other that. good stories from uh, Madrid as well. There were. And, uh, well, Petra Kvitova 
That's still, I'm, I've still been saying it, it for you? 10 years and I still can't get it right. Petra Kvitova. Kvitova. There, there we go. go. I try and say it a bit too quickly yes. sometimes and that's why I'm doing, but look, Kvitova. There yeah, we go. Got nice. there. Um, well, she she's on an 11 match winning streak now. She's on fire. And look, Wimbledon, yes, it's her pet event and that's where she's won two slams. Don't count her out for the French Open mm. because her win over Kiki Burton's yeah, was can we, a three can we get set. Brett here because... Uh... Uh, well, His love affair with Kiki. Oh, Burtons. Brett Phillips. Yes, I will. Uh, I'm going to actually bring that up if she if she makes a semi final at the French. Uh, yeah. She's looking like she might at the moment. Well, the way she's playing inside set, the top twenty and playing fantastic yep, tennis, her, and she does love the clay courts. Career high ranking for her, and well, Kvitova won that seven six four six six three, and she also beat Serenko, Puig, Conservate, Kasatkina, and Pliskova in an unbelievable run to the title there. And where will she finish in 2018? That's what I want to ask you. Uh... I would say without a doubt, top five. Top five, without yeah, I, I think so as well. I reckon either th- third or second. Yeah, I, I reckon top five at least. Mm. So big year ahead for Kvitova. I it's think like, Wimbledon, she should probably be the favourite at this stage with the way so, that she's playing. Like the way, like, um, there's still, I mean, she's she's come back. She's been in for a while now where you reckon she's got that match experience back. <laughs> um, I just, like, I want to see how she's going to perform on that big stage. Yeah, no, I do too. And I'm, ex- I'm pumped for yeah. that because she lost in the opening round in Melbourne. Let's see how she goes when she gets to Paris. Kiki Burton's as well. Her favourite part of the year, as we mentioned, she defeated Wozniacki, Sevastova, Maria Sharapova, and Caroline Garcia. So we can expect big things from her. She'll have a good oh, seating. We say that she lost in the first round at Rome. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, good fatigue, come, come, fatigue can fatigue. have it. We do talk about that a lot, but I mean, it does say a little bit when you can't. Like, a really impressive tournament, and then she follows up with a hey, first look, round. Hey, look, didn't even play Rome due to inverted commas. Uh, right hamstring soreness. Yeah. So um, I think that's just more of a way of saying, look, I'm exhausted. I'm not playing this week. You can you can go on without me. But also, you wanted to mention a man, Denis Shapovalov. He's the new Canadian number one. Yeah. Unbelievable tennis so, he's playing. He's, so, I, mean, I reckon that says just as much about Raonic as it does about uh, Shapovalov, though. It says a lot about both. I think Raonic, we know he's not quite there yet. Yeah. We know he's had his injuries, and we know that he might get himself back. He did beat Dimitrov in Madrid, so we can't... You know, we can't slander him yes. too much, but Shapovalov semi-final knocked over Raonic six four six four in the third round, then beat Kyle Edmund in the quarters, and unfortunately fell six four six one. As if he needed any more proof that he's the new number one Canadian, he goes and beats the no, now number two. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's there, that it, was the beautiful there's thing. There's too it much was, storytelling in tennis, to be honest. It makes the job so easy. At the moment, the narratives in tennis are wonderful. Mm. They're, they're they're just they keep weaving and. And throwing he's new plot str- lines. He's gone straight into Rome and he's beaten Burditch in the first round as well. So he keeps going. Well, tennis is a better rider at the moment than George R. R. Martin. It's not, not quite. Well, I mean, at the moment, he's not because he's not doing anything. Oh, well, yeah, he's pretty much done. He's, yeah. uh, he's putting his feet up and uh, waiting for the last season of Game of Thrones <laughs> Cut, to come out. Cashing checks. Yeah, pretty much. And just also quickly, John Millman. We can't get enough of this man. No, we can't. Final in Budapest a couple of weeks ago. First ATP World Tour final, and then he wins the Exxon Provence Challenger final over surprise finalist Bernard Tomic. Yeah. How the hell did he make a final? Um, yeah, it is surprising because we know how terrible his movement is on clay. Well, especially on clay. But the funny thing is, he's the final actually got changed, so it was washed out. Yeah. The final day, all the first so. First round of semis, all been played on clay. The final got moved to an indoor hard court and the same facility. So Milman and Tomic have had to play on a completely different surface. That, and is, that, that is that is why are people not talking about that more. That is, and that was Bernie's worst result of the tournament. Well, I know he lost, of yeah. course it was, but the, 
it was Millman just ran him off the court. 6-1, 6-2 in 48 minutes. Um, has Bernie been complaining about it on social media? Or? Well, he doesn't have social media, so I'm not. he's just, kind of a recluse in that just sense. Just in but, general. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen, but he didn't look too pleased after the final. Millman was, and mm, he's well, up to a career high ranking he of... wins a tournament. There's no shock. He's, uh, he's excited. Yeah, exactly. And, well, he deserves it. It's a massive challenger tournament. And quickly, just before we move on, where do you see Bernie? Um, maybe retired in three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Big call there. Maybe even sooner than that. Why? Why? He says he wants to come back. Do you believe it? Not really. I mean, you can Why don't you believe it? Because you've got to prove it. You can say whatever you want. Unless he comes... I mean, making the final, that's... That, for me, like, in the massive ladder of trying to at least get everyone's um, acceptance back or just trying to make it in the state, he's slowly gotten off the ground. So is this a sort of the the old cliche of actions speak louder than words yes that's it simple as that all right well i want to see him playing i i want to see him playing at the very least hopefully making it to the u.s open well summed up perfectly there by our very own josh campbell plenty more still to get through i'm going to take you through the rankings and then afterwards we're going to get stuck into our previews and our tipping competition the results stand at me on 46, Joel on 42, Josh on 33, and Ryan Tennyson on 21. So stay tuned. Plenty more still to come on Breakpoint Podcast. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Febo here taking you through all of the tennis news. And, well, it's been an unbelievable week with Dominic Team knocking off Rafael Nadal. No one thought that that would happen. Alexander Zverev winning his third Masters 1000 title within the last year. He's been a marvel over the past year in tennis. Hasn't been able to make that transition into Grand Slam form, but... I'd Something tells me that that may change at the French Open. But uh, here, we're going to take you through all of the rankings. And, well, there is a big change at the top of the men's rankings. And we'll start with that. The men's top 10, Roger Federer, up 1-1. to Rafael Nadal, down 1-2. to Alexander Zverev at 3. Dimitrov in 4th. Marin Cilic, 5-1. Martin Del Potro in 6th. Kevin Anderson in 7th, up 1. Dominic Team down 1-8. to And made the final in Madrid, but also made the final... Last year as well, so didn't accrue any points there. Uh, John Isner at 9 and David Goffin 10. So the top 10 remains unchanged, but a few changes within that top echelon of the men's game. The Aussies now, Nick Kyrgios down 2 to 25. John Millman, career-high ranking of 58. What an unbelievable performance uh, he had in Aix-en-Provence last week. Matt Ebden down 2 to 85th. Jordan Thompson up 1 to 88. Alex Dimonor up 3 to 106. Ever so closer to the top 100. Uh, Tanasi Kokonakis up 1 to 151. Uh, Jason Kubler down 2 to 163. Mark Polman's down 4 to 171. Alex Bolt down 1 to 172. And Bernard Tomic up 52 to 191st in the world. So back into the top 200 after losing in the final of that challenger in France to Milman last week. Rises of the week. There's a couple here. Uh, Millman up 12 to 58. We had to put him in there. An unbelievable display. Career high ranking for him. Denis Shapovalov, the new Canadian number one, up 14 spots to 29th in the world after his semi final performance in Madrid. Uh, Roger Federer, of course, up 1-1 one to one for a 309th week. An unbelievable feat from him. Considering he hasn't played since March 24, 
I think that's something we can all marvel at and applaud, really, because he's just done so well and he's done so much for the game. We all know on this show uh, the the affection that I have for watching Roger Federer and the sliders of the week. Well, Novak Djokovic down 6th to 18th in the world. So another interesting stat, Djokovic entered the top 15 January 8th, 2007. Roger and Rafa were number 1 and 2. May 14th, 2018, Djokovic leaves the top 15, Roger and Rafa 1 and 2. So just the longevity of Federer and Nadal as a duo and as a sporting rivalry, I think, can be and will be looked at in years to come as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, ever. And uh, Kyle Edmund has also taken the British number one this year, Shapovalov, Canadian number one, and also another little Djokovic teaser there. Filip Kranjevic has a good performance in Rome this week. He could take the Serbian number one. Djokovic has a lot of points to defend, so could be very difficult for him to, to really get that stranglehold back that he had. And as we've said on this show, we're not sure where Djokovic will finish in 2018. And Look, I'm I'm not sure. I'm personally not sure. He, he did destroy Alexander Dolgopolov last night, but and we'll get more into that in the Rome preview. But, geez, it could be very, very interesting. Andy Murray also down 6-45. to 45, Had some good performances on the clay last year, and uh, his ranking will plummet a fair bit before he ends up coming back. The women's now, the top 10. Simona Halep remains world number one. Caroline Wozniacki at 2. Garbinia Muguruza, 3. Svitolina, 4. Karolina Pliskova, up 1 to 5. Yelena Ostapenko, down 1 to 6. Caroline Garcia, 7th. Petra Kvitova, up 2 to 8th. Venus Williams, down 1 to 9. And Sloane Stevens, down 1 to 10. That's the first time in 5 or 6, sorry, 6 weeks that the rankings have changed inside the women's top 10. But that top 10 will remain the same for quite a while. The gap between Sloane Stevens at 10 and Julia Georges at 11 is about 1,000 points. So it's going to take a... a Big, uh, a big effort from one of those players outside that top 10 or a poor effort from one of the players inside to actually fall out so or push in. So it's going to be interesting to see who can actually come in by the end of the year, if anybody can. Uh, the gap is that wide. The Aussies now, Ash Barty at 18 remains unchanged. Dario Gavrilova at 24th also remains unchanged. Sam Stoza down 3 to 60. Isla Tomjanovic up 2 to 69. Uh, Arena Rodionova up 3 to 127. Olivia Rogowska remains the same or with the same ranking at 153. Lizette Cabrera at one. 158 remains unchanged. Destiny Ayava up 3 to 185. Priscilla Hon also up 3 to 186. Then Jamie Fullis rounds out the Australian top 10 at 224th in the world. But what a performance it's been from her so far this year. She's managed to increase her ranking uh, by almost 100, I think 100 places. So brilliant stuff from Jamie Fallis. She's one that I'm really looking forward to watching in the future. She has the right attitude, and I think what she brings to the table is phenomenal. We saw that in the French Open last year when she took on Caroline Wozniacki in the opening round, took a set off her, and we all know Wozniacki is now a Grand Slam champion. So brilliant stuff from Fallis to get herself into that Aussie top 10 for the first time last week, and she's continued the rise as well. But the rises of the week, well, who could go past Petra Kvitova up two spots to eighth in the world, getting slowly back closer to that top five spot in her career-high ranking of two. She's never been to one, but I think this year we're going to see the best of Petra Kvitova. She's on an 11-match winning streak, as we said, and she's playing some phenomenal tennis. And Darren Cassett, Keena, Joel, and I both have high hopes for her, and I had her in my top 10 in five years' time. I had her as my number two. 
So I think Dara Kasatkina has the world at her feet at the moment. She's only a very young player, and we can expect the world from her in the future. Sliders of the week, Coco Vandewey down three to sixteen was in the top ten earlier on in the year, and towards the late end or towards the back end of last year, and just slowly dropping. Her form's not bad, but I think once she gets into the grass court uh, swing and the hard court swing in America, she'll get her ranking back up. And Christina Blanetovic, well, she was in the top ten in February. She's now gone down eight spots to thirtieth in the world. Couldn't defend her points from making the final in Madrid last year, and she is on struggle street with her form. Had a 13-match losing streak towards the end of 2017 and at the start of 2018, and she struggled to translate that form. She did make another final earlier on in the season, but she hasn't been able to make inroads at any other tournaments, and that's been the really disappointing thing. We looked forward to seeing what Mladenovic could do on the tour uh, with her strong start to 2017, but she just hasn't been able to to continue that. And it's, it's been really disappointing. And a, a lot like some of the French players on the men's side, we've seen Benoit Pair such a fluctuation in form and, and many of the others as well. But look, Christina Mladenovic, she is dating Dominic Team. It was her birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to her. It's not the birthday present she would have wanted, but Team is in some good form. Maybe he can have a chat to her and maybe they can hit with each other. She might be able to get a little bit more power the way Dominic Team hits the ball. He's one of the most powerful strikers on the men's side of the tour. But that's about all we've got time for in terms of the rankings. Plenty more still to get through with our picks for what's going to happen in Rome. There's some very interesting storylines that could play out over the next week, and we look forward to previewing all of that here on Breakpoint Podcast. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Ferbo and Josh Campbell here taking you through all of the tennis news and we've done our review, we've done the rankings. Now, let's get into our all-important previews of this week and another massive tournament in Rome and the Italian capital. Well, it boasts a lovely tournament. The setting is one of the most highly regarded settings and highly regarded tennis facilities in the world. It's, and It's the best time of the year, I reckon, because you've got four Masters tournaments all on clay and then you've got the French as well. Oh, it's, it is an unbelievable part of the year because all the players, they, they just get stuck. They, they all embrace the clay court, but a lot of, a lot of the Americans do struggle. And we, this is when we tend to see all the Europeans dominate, the yeah. Australians and the Americans. And even the British sort of take a backward seat. Kyle Edmund has reversed the stereotype, as has John Isner. They've both had quite good performances. But look, let's get stuck into Rome. And Nadal, the top seed, uh, Zverev, the second seed, defending champ. Dimitrov, three. Cilic, four. Del Potro, five. Team, six. Anderson, seven. Isner, eight. Goffin, nine. Karenio Busta, ten. Djokovic, eleven. Query, twelve. Lost to Peter Gajacic, six, two, seven, six. Jack Sock, thirteen. Lost to Kohlschreiber, six, four, six, three. Diego Schwartzman in fourth. He lost to, oh no, he's still in. Thomas Burdich lost. He lost Denis Shapovalov mm. on fire. one six six three seven six over the Czech. And Luka Pui is the 16th seed tonight. Dimitrov v Nishikori. Who's excited? I think everybody. Just putting my hand up over yeah. here. Yeah, waving the hand is up yeah. and I think most tennis fans would be. Nishikori hasn't been in bad form and Dimitrov has sort of struggled to make the transition since winning the World a, Tour final. For a second round matchup, it's just tasty. Oh, it is tasty. And uh, Djokovic over Dolgopolov, 6-1, 6-3, plays Nikolos Basilashvili next up. Look, you'd think even with the form that Novak's been in, he should get through that, but he, he could become, he could fall out of the top 20 if he doesn't have a good performance in Rome. If he, if, because he's got the final 
points to defend from last year. That's 600. He falls anywhere short of that. He's in some big trouble. So he's, uh, he's a bit interesting at the moment. I don't know what uh, quite to read how to how to read Novak at the moment. No, well, I said this in the rankings. It's going to be interesting to see where he turns up and and how how he gets it, how he comes back. Seen, I don't think he. And we've said this many times over the last few weeks. So we'll try and we'll, we'll keep the discussions short because I think there'll be other times we can have this hmm. this discussion again, especially during the French Open. But. Look, do you see him getting back to his best? Just a simple yes or no answer. Well, oh, yes. No, no question. You yes. can? Okay. Yeah, I can see him get back to his The only thing I want to say was I've seen spurts of it, and that's for me, is what's giving me hope. I've okay. seen the old Novak in short spurts, and I've gone, I've, I, he's there. I haven't seen enough of it yet. So okay. that's, I'm still holding out. At, at this stage, I don't think he's getting back to his best. Uh, Rafa can take back the number one spot this week, and team. We'll play him again in the quarterfinals if they both get there. So that's something we can all look forward to, a rematch of the Madrid quarterfinal. They were, they're at one all this year. Monte Carlo, Rafa got the win, 6-love, six 6-2. Six Team got the win in Madrid, 7-5, 6-2. Let's see what happens in Rome. Should they both get there? Having said that, who's your pick? Nadal. Nadal, over? I, I, uh, that's, that's where I'm going. Interesting. Um, I don't think Zverev's going to make the final here. Okay. I think he'll be a little bit too fatigued. And he... I, I reckon there'll be a particular game where he doesn't put 100% because he's focusing on the French. Yep. Um, I, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm genuinely trying to see who I think is a favourite here. Maybe Chilic. Okay. So Rafa I, I do love him and I'm kind of a little bit biased when I see his name on the certain side of the draw. Yep. Um, Del Potro is obviously on that side of the draw as well. And I think he yep. could be a, a good shout. And maybe even David Goffin. Okay, so Chilich is your, so Nadal. I'll, I'll over, lock in Nadal over Chilich. Okay, that's the same as Joel. Joel has the same prediction, so he sent me through his picks. Uh, I've got Rafa over Zverev. Okay, I think Zverev will be able to back up. It's a tournament that he remembers fondly from last year, his first ever Masters 1000 title. So Zverev to make the final, but I think Nadal will claim the world number one ranking again for the I think sixth time now so she's it's they're going toe to toe it's like a fluctuator with mm. who's going to end up year end number one in rome the females now simona halep the defending champ caroline wozniacki the second seed muguruza three svitolina four ostapenko five pliskova six garcia seven venus eight uh, sloan stevens nine petra kvitova was 10 but as we said right hamstring injury has uh curtailed her trip to the italian capital so she won't be playing uh angelique kerber 11 coco vanderway was 10 12 lost to Annette Contivate, 6 1, 6, uh, sorry, 6 4, 6 1. Uh, Madison Keys, 13. Dara Kasakina, 14. Anastasia Sevastova, 15. Ash Barty was 16. Lost to Maria Sharapova, 7 5, 3, 6, 6 2. Magdalena Ribarakova, that is still hard to say, as is Kvitova, but I'm. I'm going to get there. You'll get I'm going to get there. Seriously, I hate pronouncing names wrong. That is my biggest pet peeve. Um, what about she commentators lost... pronouncing names, right? Oh, it's just... Well, that's essentially us, because we're in the media. I, I, like, when you're watching a game and you hear someone Oh, it kills wrong. me. It really kills me. And that's why, like, I research how to pronounce them, and they still come out wrong. Mm. Um, Johanna Konta defeated Magdalena Ribarakova, 6-4, 6-3. But Halep Osaka, second round. That's a very exciting matchup there. But the Aussies, uh, Dasha defeated Natalia Viklianceva, 5-7-6-4-6-3. Plays Garbinia Muguruza tonight, so wouldn't think she'll get through there. Isla Tomjanovic fell to Dara Kastkina, 6-love, 6-4. And Sam Stoza was defeated by Alison Van Wietbank, 6-7-6-3-6-2. Who's your pick? Uh, I've got Halep making the final. Mm-hmm. In a, I, def- I don't think she'll defend her championship. I think she'll get beaten by Svitolina. Svitolina, okay. Mm. Um, well, all three of us have that final. Joel has said the same. 
And I've said the same. Svitolina, the three, or she's the champ in yeah. unanimous decision. Halep, the unanimous runner-up in the Breakpoint studio. Josh Campbell, thank you very much for tonight. No worries, Val. Always great to be here. It is fantastic to have you back, mate. Great to see that yeah. uh, that glowing that glowing aura you have coming into the studio. The big head, the arrogance of the prodigy is back. It's a special show when I come back. Yeah, well, pretty much. But look. You, you're not. You're not even close in this tipping competition. You've got to get. Well, get it's, it's not like I'm falling further behind. It's still. I'm kind of at that ten point barrier, and I just can't seem to break it back. Well, yet. now we're all at the, now we're all picking the same players. So it doesn't it's help, does it? It's going to get a lot more difficult towards the I end need of to the start year. Getting a little bit more erratic. Yeah, but the thing is, you can't sway too far away from the favourites. No. Because it's it's why it's a it's a fantastic competition. You never know. That's why clay courts are so wonderful because they can bring out different results. And look, let's see how we go. But uh, plenty more time this year for you to catch up. For me to lose it, I could still come last. Who knows? Joel could just stream ahead of us both. Who knows? But uh, that's it. Thank you very much again, Josh. No worries, Val. And uh, this has been Breakpoint Podcast. Remember, follow us on Facebook, Breakpoint Pod or Breakpoint One at Breakpoint One. You can like us there. Uh, Twitter, follow us at Breakpoint Pod. Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast. And remember, subscribe on Mushka and iTunes. That's where all of our shows get uploaded. And uh, remember, you can tweet us as well. We want to hear your thoughts on the top 10 ATP and WTA rankings in five years' time. Joel and I gave ours last week. Haven't got yours yet, Josh, next so week. we do want to tweet Everyone that. tuning in, next week you'll get my top 10 from the men's and women's in five years' time. Yeah, we want to tweet those out. And I so. guarantee you there will be some shockers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait to see what you put in there. I reckon it's just going to be all Jack Sock number one, and uh, women's will probably... I I'm know. not giving away anything. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be the women's number one, but uh, it's going to be something different with you. But yeah. yeah, remember, tune in next week. That's what's on store in store for us, and uh, we're going to tweet those out as well. And we want your thoughts as well at Breakpoint Pod. Remember to Tune in next Wednesday. We've got plenty more still to come in the tennis world in the coming weeks. French Open month rolling on. I've been Val Febo. Hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week.